The following is an interview with all-time world record holding powerlifter Joe Sullivan, who recently set the world record in the squat at 100 kilograms for 849 pounds. In this interview, we discuss how Joe got into powerlifting, what it has taken for him to beat his own record year over year, variation for powerlifting training, and also the Tom Platt's squat challenge that he did recently at Dragon's Lair Gym. Overall, this was a really, really fun interview, and Joe someone who I came in contact with a few years ago and got a really, really good uh, vibe from him. And he seems to be a powerlifter who really thinks about things and advocates for the community. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review on your favorite listening platform. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel for more interviews, like the video, comment something you found interesting. I hope you enjoy this interview just as much as we enjoyed conducting it. <laughs> that fucking bullshit. I fucking hate this piece of shit. He's going to the pound. <laughs> he says that oh, now. Okay, well, hello everyone. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I, I know I'm not the host, but for everyone just tuning in, my dog pissed on our comforter. Wait, is this live? Yeah, we just started recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, okay. Podcast mode. Hi guys, what's up? Hello. <laughs> Oh, that was fun. Okay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Great way to open the podcast. No fucking shit. God damn. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Thank you guys for rescheduling after yeah, yeah. a week or no two worries, weeks man. or whatever it was. No, no problem at all, man. Uh, I think that, um, you know, life life happens. So mm-hmm, anytime yeah. someone's like, every time I'm, I'm late or someone else is late, I'm like, we're good. Yeah. I can't control yeah. the other person, though. But. Yep. Yeah, I get yeah, you. Um, <laughs> Well, no, I wanted to thank you for coming on. Uh, I was just talking with Trevor before, uh, and I don't know if you've talked to Trevor before. I have not okay. really. I don't think so. If I if I have and I'm lying, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Yeah. So, so Trevor's a, a good friend of mine, but he's also he used to powerlift, mm-hmm. and so I figured it would be good to have him on just because he might have a little bit more background when talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also just a. Uh, uh, awesome when it comes to sports science and, and technique and stuff like that so we always run stuff by by each other but i just wanted to have him on so he's a good dude um, cool. i mean i'm fine with it like either way yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like nope get the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> um but i wanted to have joe on because um this is you know generally a bodybuilding podcast we generally talk about you know hypertrophy and all that good stuff uh but more recently i i've i found myself uh more interested in powerlifting i have a few clients that powerlift um and also joe's just a good dude and i like to have people who have like similar values to me um i'd like to have more people on the podcast that have similar values to me and are good people because i think that uh we should get those people out as much as we can uh you know enough people focusing on negativity and things like that i think that it's good to have good people so i just wanted to thank you for coming on joe well i appreciate the kind words man like i I don't know. I, 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 I am one of those guys who kind of just feels as though if I have, cause I have like a pretty decent social media following or whatever. And I'm just kind of, I've always been ultimately raised uh, in order or with the kind of moral, co- not moral code, but just kind of the thing at the forefront that I lead with. Like if we have the opportunity to do good or like be good or like spread good or whatever, we also have the obligation to, so that's why I, cause I, I don't know, I, 
you've we've been following one another for a while and there have been like a couple of different things that i've either like spoken out on or just like said and it's i'm i come off i i know on social media i come off as an asshole uh sometimes but it's really i i just kind of am blunt with what i say and I uh, just generally appreciate the kind words because not everybody says that I like leads with, Hey, Joe's such a great dude. So I'm like, Hey, thank you. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the niceties. Uh, Cause yeah. I am just trying to do good ultimately. So that's cool. That's good. I mean, I think that's all that matters. I think my compass <laughs> as I've gotten older has, has definitely gotten better. Like I just remember first meeting you and just, just getting good vibes. So uh, yeah. that's, that's really my Perfect. gauge, I guess. Cool. Um, yeah. But I, I did want to uh, talk about a few things in this podcast uh, as relating to your powerlifting career. Uh, mm -hmm. First and foremost, um, you just recently set the all-time uh, squat world record. At yep, what I body did. weight was it? Uh, I weigh I compete in the 100-kilogram class, so I weighed in at 219.8 pounds, I think, just under 100 kg. 100 kg is like 220.4, uh, yeah. so I you we like we've talked previously like we do the whole water cut manipulation stuff to yeah. make weight like <clears throat> but i weighed in at 219 uh and then i went on to squat 385 kilos which is 148.8 pounds i think something yeah. around there so heavy uh, yeah. decently heavy right right yeah, yeah. Well, definitely uh it's insane especially at that body weight uh, yeah. to carry that what is that uh 4x your your body weight close <laughs> close to it close to it that's uh that's that's actually one of my goals at, uh in, in reality is uh not not just to hit a four times body weight squat but <laughs> i want to be i i want to i'm attempting to because i've i've i broke this all-time world record in 2020 and i've I've rebroken it every year since I've competed since 2020. Did it in 2020, 2021, 2022, uh, and now we're into 2023, and I compete in eight weeks. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but I am. I, I really, really would like to at least before I'm done with the 220 pound weight class. I want to be the best pound for pound squatter in history. Uh, in or and in order to do that, I would have to. Uh, squat over four times body weight at 220 so i'd have to get a little above 880 so that's uh i don't know if that's going to be this year but that is the goal before i move on uh from the 220 weight class because i'm 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 getting i'm getting bigger i'm hanging out with too many bodybuilders and i'm eating too <laughs> well so uh um I'm, I'm i'm it's getting a little bit more and more difficult to make that weight weight cut yeah. uh, each year as we go along <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. I would love to talk about your, uh, bodybuilding endeavors later, but, um, with that, I think, I think one thing I want to highlight really quickly is that, uh, you know, that's what it was eight forty eight, right. Or somewhere around those was the, the squat. So we're mm -hmm. talking like 32 pounds. Is that, is that correct? Uh, to be mm -hmm. able to hit that record, right. Yeah. The magnitude of, of difference at that weight, 32 pounds seems like not a lot like, Oh yeah. Some, your gym bro will tell you like I put 32 pounds on my bench is uh from what I understand a lot right mm -hmm. that's not easy that's not like yeah. oh yeah I just trained for a couple of weeks and it's there it's like when you're already pushing the highest threshold you can 32 pounds is is monumental mm -hmm. and I don't mean to like you know 
blow it out like but but i but i just wanted to il- illustrate that at least for people listening who aren't super familiar with powerlifting that's my understanding yeah abs- absolutely and it it uh in conjunction with that it's also the fact that to put like to hit a 30 pound pr in a year as a novice or an intermediate that's that's understandable it's like okay cool but my my training age is going on 15 years my first powerlifting meet was in 2007 uh, so it's, it's not some light task, but don't get me wrong. Like I, this is actually one of those like fun psychological games that we play with ourselves. I, I will literally have conversations in my brain and be like, well, you know, it's only cause I, I actually just hit a 744 pound squat for my first heavy squat of prep yesterday. And I was right. like, well, it's, it's only 120 more pounds to, uh, to break my right. record. That's, that's not that bad you know, or, or to put, to reach that goal. It's like, Oh, it's only 32 more pounds. Like pick up a 35 pound weight plate. And you're like, that's, that's not that much. It's just, but it's just rationalization in my, in my head. When in reality it, it could, I could, you know, you never know how difficult or how much more difficult it becomes when you are getting to like the top Mm -hmm. end of your physical capacity thank you she is my hero this is why i love this woman because we've been out of the house for forever and she brought me food thank you so much yeah even if it's just protein shakes and she got the pee yeah exactly um but uh but uh but the the point is it's 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 hard to put that much to put it's hard to put five pounds on your pr when you're at that like top 0.1% 0.1% or whatever. And, and I don't, I don't mean to like toot my own horn, but having the all-time world record, it's like the most ever done in that weight class in the history of the sport. So by definition, it is that top 0.1%. So that's, but that's one of the reasons I've not only, and one of the reasons I'm actually grateful to have started hanging around so many bodybuilders because they, I see how regimented and disciplined they are with not just not just the training not just the the diet but the entire lifestyle this i i I don't credit the entire entirety of the success to it but i broke the the world record i broke the world record in 2020 for the first time with 822 pounds if you go back and watch that squat it was it was hard it was really really hard it looked like that was the top of my capacity, like the mat, the max of the max. And there was no more. And at that time I was honestly considering retiring from powerlifting because I thought I had done the best that I could do with, with my, with my level of dedication, my level of not even dedication, but my, my, my knowledge base, my ability, and just my emotional capacity to put that much into it. But then Brie and I moved to Las Vegas hung out with hanging out with a bunch of bodybuilders. And I, I not only put as much of myself into the training as I put into the training and and into like the diet to some degree, but I revamped my whole lifestyle. I start, I I started learning more, exploring different methods, uh, methods of training, different like aspects that I could incorporate from bodybuilding, different aspects that I could incorporate from, from balance training, uh, I, I love listening to David Weck. Uh, he's he's an absolute crazy person in some ways, but in others he speaks and it, it makes entire in the most sense out of anything. He's just a goofy dude, but I love the man. Um, but just incorporating a lot of different a lot of different things and revamped my entire lifestyle to 
put a little bit more, not, I don't want to say put a little bit more effort, but just really keep pushing. And when I broke the record in 2021, it, I hit, I hit my third attempt at 838 pounds. It looked like I could put 20 pounds on that squat that day and hit it. It looked like I had some left in the tank roll back to a couple of months ago when I rebroke the record. I hit 848 pounds on my third attempt. It looks like I had pounds left to give in the tank. So it's just incrementally increasing. And sometimes like we, we think we've exhausted all options, but you only know what you know, you don't, and you don't know what you don't know. So as if you allow yourself to explore more and always stay a student of the game, I, I don't know when I'm going to be done. I don't know how hard it's going to be because I've just kind of let, I've put systems in place for me to follow and we're just uh, making it happen. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah um, Stan Efferding has a really good rant uh, called why I think why the people at Westside Barbell are so strong. And he talks a lot about environment and um, I think that's really big. I think that probably is a, a big contributing factor. It's something I've seen with myself as being around those more like-minded people. Uh, definitely has an effect. And then I think sometimes in powerlifting, um, you mentioned like nutrition too. I feel mm-hmm. like not all powerlifters do this, but some, at least, you know, the ones I'm in contact with, there's a lot of gym bros mm-hmm. and stuff, but like uh, nutrition's more of an afterthought, like, you know, eat your protein, whatever, but like, mm-hmm. um, are people really like thinking, you know, about that uh, on the, on the, competitive side of powerlifting a lot is that something like maybe the higher level people are like uh, could you maybe touch on that i just wanted to explore that real quick so so absolutely that that's kind of that's the way it's been progressing in the past couple of years like the the higher uh, the, the more elite of the elite the guys at the top generally just eat like off-season bodybuilders like the more the more regimented the meal the meal plan can be the more regimented and scheduled the life can be generally the more the more you can make it suit your your goals so it only makes sense and that's one of the things that I'll I'll readily admit like I leading into 2020 when I first broke the record and and even a little bit after uh I I was very much the guy who who was exactly as you described like I would I would eat my protein like get enough protein but I would pay zero attention to meal timing, zero attention to food composition, zero attention to pretty much anything other than getting my protein. I was the type of guy where I would eat, like maybe have like a packed meal during the day, have like a protein shake in the morning, maybe have another protein shake later in the evening. And then like, just be like, okay, my fitness bell. Yeah. I got the minimum in. And then I'll grab some bullshit from the gas station on the way home from the gym or I'll DoorDash when I get back to my house or I'll do this frozen pizza or that or blah, blah, blah. Just like way more, way, way more IIFYM oriented, but not even IIFYM, like just kind of hit my protein approximately and then just eat what I felt like, you know? So that's a huge, huge thing that I credit. Not only, not only like being able to put more, more energy and effort towards my training because I'm recovering better. I'm, I'm more fueled, but also I'm, I'm the biggest and leanest I ever have been while also being the strongest and the healthiest I ever have been too. So, yeah, that's a, and, that's I, and a I do, and I do wish I believe me, I do wish cause there there's a lot of, and don't get me wrong. Like it's not for everybody because powerlifting is very, it's, it's welcoming to anyone. And some people do it as, 
purely a hobby it's just like they like to go compete just like uh uncle dan likes to run 5ks to to just do shit you know so it's not for everybody but i do wish that some like people at like the beginner and intermediate to like a like better than intermediate level understood how much beneficial it could be to actually like take a note from uh from the bodybuilding side of things in that regard right right i mean there are similarities to strength training and hypertrophy training and uh, physiology physiology doesn't really change between humans right, right? so right um no that's a really good point but i think also we're talking about someone who wants to be elite obviously there is there's levels to it right like you know uh, intermediate beginner powerlifters might not need to focus on that stuff as much mm-hmm. same as intermediate to beginner bodybuilders right but like yeah. um those those little differences they make a huge difference when you're talking about 30 pounds on the bar five pounds on the bar like you, you know we're talking about nutrient timing stuff like that like those things add up like i people yeah. argue that they're important or they're not but they add up and it, yeah. it's it's really cool to see that that's made a difference in your training now yeah. we're talking about elite elite powerlifting here i wanted to backtrack for a sec and just kind of go back to where it started like how did you get into powerlifting and one other question i wanted to add there is did you know that this was in your cards like would you have ever foreseen where you are currently to to answer the second question first absolutely not because and and to supplement it is like i i never thought that i would be where i am now i never thought i would look the way that i am now because when I started powerlifting, I was, and I honestly don't know if you know this about me, Dylan, I've talked about it, but, um, but I was, I was like, I, I was the poster boy for childhood obesity when I was 12, 13, 14, I was, I was over 300 pounds. Um, and I the only reason that you didn't know it, no. Yeah. The only reason that I started powerlifting was because I was going to, there was a powerlifting club at the high school I was going to be attending uh, my summer of, or uh, the summer after my eighth grade year. And I went up there and I was like, I'm going to play football. I'm a big guy. Like I'm a big kid. I need to be like an offensive lineman. I need to be strong. There's a powerlifting club. They lift weights. They'll show me how to lift weights. This is what I'm going to do. And I started doing it, and to my disturbed surprise, it was that even though my, and I love my, like, God rest my my Polish grandmother's soul, my Nana, she always, fed, she overfed me. I, have, I still struggle with a relationship with food because she overfed my ass so hard, <laughs> saying, You're, you got to be big and strong, you got to be big and strong, you got to be big and strong. And believe me, I ate like I was big and strong. But the problem with that was I didn't do shit. All I did was play video games. PlayStation right. 2 and RuneScape were my shit back in the day. <laughs> and that's that. But that's all I did. So when I started powerlifting at like 13, 14 years old, thinking I'm going to be this big, strong dude who's just going to be like, this is what I am. I remember I got stapled with 135 on the bar uh, on with squatting. The first time I ever, I tried and I literally dumped the bar, bar rolled off, off my back. I fell on my ass and it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. And I was like, I don't know if I ever want to fucking do this again, you know, but I stuck with it. I tried it out. I throughout, throughout high school, I, uh, I ended up, I started wrestling or I joined the wrestling team, uh, 
And through the course of high school, I went from over 300 pounds uh, to weighing in at my state at the state tournament uh, on uh, for wrestling uh, at 169 pounds. So I, I, I lost over 100 pounds, um, well over 100 pounds. And but a big thing with that was it, that was disturbing to me, not understanding physiology, not understanding like anything. Cause I'm a kid. I don't, I don't fucking know anything. I'm just figuring it out as we go. I thought I was going to be all jacked. I was going to lose weight and I was going to look great and it was going to be awesome. I lost a bunch of weight and I was just skinny. I was just like a small person. So it was like, damn, I guess I just have to keep lifting weights. And I just kept powerlifting because that was what I, that was what I knew. There was no club bodybuilding team or anything like that. It was just like powerlifting is the weightlifting that I was exposed to as, as a kid. So that's just what I stuck with. Went to college, uh, went to college for wrestling, ended up quitting because I was just burnt out, but then just stuck with powerlifting. And then because I had done it for that time and just kept going and kept going and kept going, I started to be like, man, okay, I actually enjoy this. And I, this, this is something that I want to do. It allows me to continue to be competitive, but I'm like changing my physique and looking better and feeling strong and actually building confidence and making myself feel like a confident person rather than being that kid who walked into the weight room, who was 300 pounds and was getting stapled by 135. So it was an, it was like an ongoing experience and journey. And I never, like the kid that walked into the weight room, I never, never would have imagined I'd be like who I am or what I am or what I look like now. But I was always, it was always just something that I would do because I, I, as, as ridiculous as it is, I still have my Nana's voice in my head. Cause I, I was super close with her. I spent a lot of time at their house due to like just a lot of family issues and, and poverty and whatnot. Um, but I still have her voice in my head telling me that I need to be big and strong. And I, I, I still, I, I, I eat, I eat and she'd love the fact that I was eating, but she would absolutely hate the way that I lift weights these days. Cause I remember if she was alive, like, I know if she was alive to see me break those squat records, she would absolutely be like, you are going, you are killing yourself. This is insane. <laughs> so so yeah, I never would have thought I'd be where I am, but, but that's, that's the fun part of all of this. I think I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think we're supposed to know where the journey ends when we started, you know, at least not in this context. Yeah. Yeah. And in uh, contrast, my Polish grandma would grab my love handles and say that I was getting a little <laughs> chunky. So I think we had different <laughs> Polish awesome. grandbrothers. <laughs> um, no, man, that's really cool. That's it, it's, it's amazing. The evolution of that too. When you think of, like, like I had a question. Like, uh, do 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 you ever, like, do you still battle with with that that guy, that kid who was overweight? Like, is that still with you ever? A hundred percent, a hundred percent, dude. Like, I, uh, I still, like, I don't want to say that I, I don't, I don't know, because I, I was never diagnosed with like an eating disorder or anything, but I absolutely would have like uh, disordered eating habits. As because like when I first lost the weight, like I would literally again, it was like I didn't know anything about nutrition. I would just not eat, you know, or like take like a a packet, like those stupid little uh, those little like tuna packet things for not the not the packets, but like the tuna on the go meals where it's like the little mm -hmm. can of tuna 
with like the the six crackers that come with it and like the little dauber spoon i would eat like two of those for lunch and that was my lunch and then i have a salad for dinner and it was all this crazy overly restrictive stuff so it's like i still have kind of weird tendencies with food i struggle with binging sometime overeating uh and then other times i will like i feel myself like wanting to hyper restrict and like not not allow myself like have this like weird not just restricting but like have this like weird anxiety revolving any deviation from the plan so it's like there there's still echoes there you know and that's yeah that that's a big thing and it's a the big thing that a lot of people uh like it's due to me growing up in that manner and like going going through puberty like that and, and like learn behavior as being a kid but people like don't people don't think about that stuff a lot when they when they get into like a barbell sport like powerlifting or, or a physique based sport like bodybuilding like how how many how many people have posted after like bodybuilding preps are like oh my god this shit gave me an eating disorder and it's like no, it didn't give you an eating disorder. It 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 brought out some like tendencies and habits that were already in your head. It just fucking shoved that shit to the forefront. Yeah. So yeah. No, that's really, really interesting. Yeah, and I think that that uh the the extreme part of it can definitely bring that out in people. Mm-hmm. And and uh Trevor is actually someone who who's been through that journey as well. Yeah. I think around the time you were powerlifting is when you had lost yeah, a lot of that weight? Yeah, powerlifting is part of what got me, like, it, it was part of the early early phase of what got me into lifting weights. Um, just when I initially started to lose weight, I didn't know, what, I just did cardio because mm-hmm. I want to lose weight with you, you do cardio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And powerlifting was kind of my introduction to weight training. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, even now, years later, I still struggle with a lot of those same things that Joe mentioned. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that, and Joe would probably agree that you don't necessarily ever get rid of entirely. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's the same. Uh, it's the same as same as any like mental struggle, dude. Like we all. I don't want to say we all, but like there are so many people out there that struggle with like depression, anxiety anger issues whatever it's like we don't get we don't get we, we don't none of it ever goes away but we just get better at managing it better at dealing it dealing yeah, with it yeah. you know because i like now i'm in a i'm in a really good spot like i i'm on a meal plan that i don't have like a lot a lot of anxiety surrounding because i like following my meal plan i like following the schedule of it and then even if i because a thing that would happen with me in the past if i had to like had to change my schedule because uh, a call came up or there was an emergency or something. It was like, okay, I missed this one meal. So fuck it. The rest of the day doesn't oh, matter. Okay. I'm just going to fill it in. Or like I have uh, Marie brings me like a donut home or something. And I'm like, Oh, I have, I have this. So fuck it. I'm already cheating. May as Are well make it fucking worth it, you know? Yeah. And, but now it's like you get to a point and, and it doesn't, it's, you don't get to the point without working at it. It doesn't just happen, but, but in a perfect world, you can achieve, like get, get to a mentality or get to a place within yourself where you understand that like 90%, 90%, of the time is better than a hundred percent, like 60% of the time. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I find myself wanting to wish away 
Like I, I have pretty bad anxiety. And I find myself wanting to wish it away. Like, oh yeah, like I just, I'll find some way to just get rid of it. But it's like, you just get better at managing it and you find ways in which you can live your lifestyle. You find, you know, like for you, a meal plan or something like, like different strategies to, to actually work with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to avoid it, which was a lot of my issue in the past. Um, and I think that's really important to, to highlight. Mm-hmm. So you can't get rid yeah. of those things, right? They, they are things. Sometimes I need to see to shut down for a day. Like that's just how it is, but I am definitely more productive than I used to be because I've learned to manage it in ways mm-hmm. like that. A hundred dude. And that, and that's such a big thing for me too. Cause like, I, 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 I was, uh, I, I've, I've been diagnosed with ADHD since I was like in third grade. And I, uh, it's, it's, it's always been a thing where like, I was either on the medication and like would make it work and just have to like, even then I still had to, would still get overwhelmed. Um, cause I have, I, I have, I sometimes struggle with like sensory issues and like sensory over overload where like, if I feel if I am too distracted or too like stimulated, I, I get like a physical response and I, I basically will like start to stutter and like kind of get like really tense and it will come out as like th- this anger. And I, I could feel, feel it like building up in myself, but I, I just never knew how to manage it. But then like, th- this is why it's important. Like, cause I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of just like therapy in general and and talking about your shit uh and just actually like actively trying to figure it out because like like you said you need a day where you to to just chill and like check out that that's exactly the thing that i i found was like a key factor that i would never really give myself because i'm the type of guy where it's like if i'm not doing something i feel i'm like oh my god i'm lazy like i'm a piece of shit and like I'm, I'm for, I'm like forgetting to do this thing or whatever, blah blah blah. Like I'm, I'm just the worst dude in the world. But <laughs> then I, I realized it's like okay, if I can actually make myself a schedule, but then schedule myself time where it's like just nothing, and I can either sit up like, I, I don't know how, I, I don't know how open your guys's podcast is, but I'll get like super okay. stoned. And just like eat, eat like two, two or three edibles and have like an afternoon where it's like, I have a call in the morning or I have some shit to do in the morning. And then from like noon to 8 PM, I'm sitting and either playing call of duty or reading or just fucking sitting, listening to music stoned off my ass. Cause I don't have any obligations or anything. And because I've like scheduled that time, I'm not worrying about what else is coming next because right. I know that this has already been factored into the equation. So, right, right, yeah, that's yeah. that's uh that's really important. I think it's hard to if you're someone who, like my a lot of my anxieties are linked to my productivity, and mm-hmm. uh, if you've scheduled it out, then it's technically like your productive time, right? It's, it's in your exactly. calendar, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. that's, that's that's an awesome uh, little tip, actually. Um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about um, the actual cyclical periodization of powerlifting uh, mm-hmm. trevor uh, could you yeah so like if you if anyone's ever seen joe's training like it's definitely he does a lot of things that you don't see powerlifters doing and you yeah. kind of talked about it a little bit earlier and especially you know a lot of times you see people they get as they get more advanced their training becomes more specific and now of course you have times closer to meet where that specificity is increasing but then you aren't keeping that like super high level of specificity year round. 
which right. I think seeing more and more these days where even like, you know, beginner first year in the gym, guys are like squat, bench, deadlift, never more than three reps year round forever. That's all you ever do. Um, yep. I just wanted to, uh, you to kind of talk about it a little bit, like how you break it down, um, the importance you feel of, you know, different work capacity, aerobic conditioning, some of the balance stuff you were talking about and how you feel it's improved your training and where you feel that there's worth in people, including it. Well, the, the best example that I can give uh, as to why, like very varying, not only not only your training styles, but like literally the way that I have been looking at it these past couple of years is like training different energy systems in different ways. Like then the best example of the success of it, it, and obviously all of this is anecdotal, but look at look at that first squat that I hit that 822 where it was a, a RPE like nine million grinder looked like I was going to die by following the old training methodology methodologies where it's just you have a you have a hammer if you have a hammer everything is a nail and I was just beating the shit out of everything that I came across every obstacle I had I'd fucking use my hammer you know but then diversifying the way that I approach my training and actually getting away from just squatting, just benching, just deadlifting, and just doing those repetition schemes and all that. It's, it's, it was a way for me to uh, actually get way better than I ever considered. And the, and the way, the way I do it is essentially like I'll work backwards from the perspective me. So like, I know that I'm competing, I'm competing in eight weeks and I'm competing uh, at the, in the last weekend of October. So I pick those days and I literally just like scale back. Like I know going into the meet, it needs to be very, very specific, needs to be like sport specific because in in my, my sport is the completion of a squat, a bench and a deadlift, three squats, then three benches, then three deadlifts. That's my sports performance. So that's what I need to prepare for on that day as I get further away from it. So like back, back to more than more than six to eight weeks more than six to 12 weeks out it's less specific and but it's still it could still be more oriented towards like developing developing strength in those particular ranges of motion but let's say not exactly utilizing the same competition standards like not just doing a squat but let's start to develop a little bit better uh a a better ability to to contract like actually contract and grind through range of motion by doing some work prior to getting under the squat bar and if i know i have a tendency to pitch forward i don't need to use the squat bar at that time i could do use the safety squat bar or or some variation in, in that capacity or 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 a squat where i I pause on the concentric or, or do even do a tempo uh, on the concentric. A lot of people like view tempo work on the concentric to be uh, like, not, not, not dumb or not fruitless, but just not exact, not the most advisable thing because when we hear tempo on the concentric, we think, okay, don't you want the concentric to be explosive to recruit as many motor, motor units as possible to elicit as much hypertrophy or elicit as much of a muscular response as you possibly can have. And it's like, yes, in that particular context. But the key here is my sport, my performance that I am aiming to become better at is the completion of these lifts. 
So if I am to do these lifts with a certain level of technical proficiency or a certain level of composure, then adding a tempo on the concentric may be beneficial in that, like that neurological control aspect, because like my, my people think mind muscle connection and you think bodybuilders, but really, if we were to think mind muscle connection, uh, for, for a power lifter, I would, I would make, make it, make it so that it's incredibly important, important to have that high level of body awareness, that kinesthetic awareness as not, not necessarily as you're doing, like it, it is still important when you're doing like the accessory work and whatnot, but it's very, very important to have a great deal of body awareness when you're doing the squat, the bench and the deadlift, okay. because if, if, if you have all that strength, it doesn't matter if you can't control it. So it's, mm -hmm. And the reason I know I'm rambling to a degree, but, uh, and the reason that it like at me as the guy who's that top 1% in powerlifting, I don't feel the need to be as specific anymore because I've already achieved that level of technical proficiency that, that people are trying to get by doing high frequency squatting, high frequency, frequency benching, high frequency deadlifting. And because of that, all I would get if I were to, approach things in the way that they usually are approached where it's just like squat twice a week bench three times a week deadlift once or one and a half times a week with some like variation or something if i were to do that i've become so good at producing force in those ranges of motion it would get to a point where that i i am making it so that it's so hard to it's either so hard to recover from that stimulus each each week each week to week session to session whatever or i have to use such light weight so that i can still recover with that high high enough of frequency that i'm not going to achieve a, a, a similar enough response to prepare yeah. me to perform the sport in the way that i can still or that i need to still could achieve the hypertrophy and whatnot because sub max training is important but when we think about powerlifting as the sport of lifting weights and being able to lift your max to your maximum potential on the platform, then we have to think about, okay, how can we not just preparing the muscular system, but it's also the psychology behind uh, approaching a heavy weight, the, the neurological capacity to like control the heavy weight. And so, and the emotional capacity with the association of it, because like, it's, it's scary. Like I, I squat yeah. that weight and I think about my knees blowing the fuck up every yeah. time you know there it's it's not just this one vacuum you have to start consi considering all of these other avenues so there, there's value in variation yeah the i think that last you point you made yeah. great the point about uh you know breaking it down into the the components of what goes in to the actual final completion at the end of the, at the, on on meet day Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important way to kind of break it down into like showing the value of, of these other methods and these other things is when you break it down to how it affects X, Y, Z component of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And simplest, well, to, before, before we move on, I okay. one more okay. thing that Trevor made me think about this one. The simplest example of that is the, the old school power lifter, who says, oh, anything over five reps is cardio. And it's like, okay, I get what you're saying, but you're way off the mark because think about what the demand is on the individual who's competing in a powerlifting. 
if I go to a meet, I'm not just squatting. I'm not just looking to break my all-time world record squat. I'm looking to put up a big bench and a big deadlift too. I'm doing all of those things on the same day. Many of the guys who would say anything over five reps is cardio, all probably never do cardiovascular exercise and probably very, very much struggle to be fresh reaching the end of the day when they get to the end of the last deadlifts in a powerlifting meet. So it's just like, okay, if you need a healthy heart and a healthy cardiovascular system to be able to recover from all these things and get to the end of that, why wouldn't we, when we're, as long as we're far away from the competition so that it's not going to affect your peak performance, why wouldn't we train the cardiovascular system? Why wouldn't we do cardio? Like I just, it it doesn't make sense to me when you break it down like that, but it's, there's a lot of people that still, uh, that still abide by that rule and are, are there it's it's like pulling teeth to get them to get like ten thousand steps a day at minimum yeah right aside from from just good health uh mm-hmm. with very right. little trade-off to the <laughs> performance if not a benefit as you're explaining right it's like mm-hmm. um one thing i was thinking about when you were talking i was thinking about a few things but um the reason why, especially for you, the 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 big three might be um, something that you might, would, wouldn't keep in a whole season would, would potentially be because you've gotten so proficient. And this is just what I was kind of was going through my head because you've gotten so proficient. You are recruiting a lot more of those higher threshold motor units when you go to lift these weights. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm thinking about the the fatigue component of that and then the fatigue component of the absolute loads that you're lifting as well. Right. Mm -hmm. You're lifting the magnitude of actual like load is much greater. And so uh, doing a variation like a a tempo squat or a different bar that requires you to not use as much load um, actually has the benefit of not driving that fatigue, especially leading into before meet, you know, prep me prep for a meet. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. A hundred percent. And that's exactly it. It's basically a way. Because like auto-regulation is important in bodybuilding training, important in powerlifting training. Like understand like sometimes you have to know when to hold them and know when to push. But it's a way, it's like a built-in way to create a certain level of auto-regulation so that you can't be, or not, not that you can't be as strong as you can be on that day, but so that you can't demonstrate that strength in terms of intensity. And when I say intensity, I mean, like in relation to your one rep max, like it, the definition of intensity where it's like how how close it is to 100% of your one rep max, because like, believe me, if I were to if I were to go into uh, the gym and take a, 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 a four by one by four tempo squat where it's like four seconds down, one second in the hole, four seconds on the way up with 65 percent 70 percent or whatever something around there that for a couple of reps that would require a great deal of exertion and a great deal of focus but you wouldn't get that same level of central fatigue brought about from like a a max max maximum load in regards to intensity plus exertion because it just it you're not you're not getting the same effects but you're getting a similar enough stimulus because you're still demanding that same level of focus, that same level of intention when you're going through the range of motion. So you can get the benefit without the negatives. And that, that's why it's like, you can't, you can't go into the gym and floor it every time you, you there's, there's, there's no way, you know, you don't run. It's stupid, stupid analogy, 
but it's like NFL players don't play. Like if we, if we were purely needing to be sports specific all the time, wouldn't NFL players just go play a football game every day? Like right. that, that doesn't make any goddamn sense, but wouldn't that be the argument? So I don't know. Yeah. Right. There's other skills that they need to work on. Uh, mm-hmm. And you see this MMA, for example, jujitsu, their actual yeah. right, technical work, yeah. like all this stuff, right? It's uh, it's it, as much as, especially in powerlifting, people want to be like one dimensional. It's not one dimensional, right? There's so many things that go into, we were talking about nutrition earlier, right? You're talking about these, these variations, right? Uh, managing fatigue. There's so many other uh, uh, hydration. There's so many other things that, that uh, comprise getting to that platform, right? It's not just I'm gonna do deadlift, squat, and bench, and then walk on me day, and then I just hit my lifts. Like it's it's there's so many components. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's well, almost yeah, it's almost yeah. like we're all very very multifaceted beings and not just one dimensional. One right, right. That'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's blasphemy. I don't. I don't know if we can uh, uh, put crazy that talk. out on this podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking of variation, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about your, uh, was it 24 rep attempts? It's Platt's record. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whose crazy yeah. idea was that, first of all? And it was five, 525 was the weight? 525. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know if it was me or Jake that came up with it. I think it was me. I think it was me. I think I, it was me, and I just kind of roped him into it because I was like, oh, it'll be a fun thing to do. But Fun. then it was like, oh, this is actually turning into an event, and this is going to be horrible. Yeah, uh, it was, dude. That was I. I have got to say because people have asked me, "Hey, are you guys going to try to do that again?" Because I don't know whoever's listening to this. I didn't get twenty four reps to beat Tom Blatz. I got twenty, but I got close. It was just, but but I will tell you, it was the hardest training cycle I have ever participated in. It was harder than any powerlifting prep. Like powerlifting preps are fun. I get to hit a single and I'm like, fuck yeah, that's great. This was cool. This shit was the most brutal. Dude, I cannot begin to describe to you how horrible, like I, I still have this one session burned in my fucking mind that I just, it'll, I don't know if I'll ever do anything that was harder because I did 415 pounds for six sets of 10 with 60 second rest. Just like, think about those numbers for a second. Mm. I was, I, I thought I, every fucking squat day, every leg day, I thought I was going to have a goddamn heart attack. <laughs> it was nuts. It was, and it's, and it's like, nobody, even the thing about it is, cause like I was in incredible shape. Like my, my, I, w- I was in cardiovascular system. Awesome. Muscular system. Awesome. I was, I was feeling good in that sense, but you what didn't feel good and what nobody will tell you about squatting that much weight for that long. Cause it's different than squatting like a high intensity weight, like 800, 900 pounds. Because if you think about a powerlifting meet and a powerlifting attempt, a one rep max attempt that lasts what seven to 15 seconds. Yeah. How long that goddamn squat rep attempt took the bar was on my back for two minutes and 45 seconds my my rib cage hurt like i i i I started to get this pain in the center of my back 
And I was like, I don't know what, I've never felt this before. And it turned out to be like where, where my ribs originate off of my spine. There was just so much compression occurring that just the tissue there was getting inflamed and it was just horrible, dude. It was, I, I have every intention of coming back and trying to do that again, but I'm not going to do that for a couple of years. Cause yeah. I, I just, I, I don't think that I could if I wanted to. So it was fun. It was awesome, but it was dumb as fuck. So <laughs> I was watching was it last night and I, I noticed you both just kind of fell over. You didn't like rack the way, like I'm done. You both just like kind of collapsed into, you're like, I'm done. And you just like, are just like falling into the rack. Dude, that that's exactly what it was. Like, I, I, I think one of the, uh, because if, if you, whoever's watching this, if you go back and watch the video, like on rep, my reps were the same speed the whole time up until like rep 18 or 19. And I like shifted a little bit and you can see it in like my chest. I'm like, yeah. I'm upright and proud. And then after that rep where I kind of wobbled just because of the fatigue, I like lose an inch and I go, I hit one more rep and go back to like take a breath. And rather than going that I have been and being able to actually like get oxygen. I don't go, I go, and I'm like, Oh fuck. Okay. All right, here we go. And I bend my legs and I come back up. But as soon as that happened, it was like an, it was like a, a, a fucking triangle choke. I literally just felt like just vision went from the outside in tunnel vision. And I'm like, I'm going out. I'm dead. I'm done. And, yeah, and then literally like. just lifted the weight off my back and I fell down and it was crazy. Yeah. 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 That's pretty funny. It, 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 it's interesting. Um, and Trevor, I don't know if you've ever coached any people or, or even Joe yourself, um, having people who used to be powerlifters go to bodybuilding, like mm -hmm. the, the, mm -hmm. the weights that they're using, it's just like, it's just crazy. Like there's probably so much you have to do. Like, cause you're talking about like having to do 400 pounds for sets of 10. Right. And it's like the fatigue component is just like is is brutal or, or like it's different than squatting 200 pounds for a set of 20 or whatever. Right. Like yeah. when you mm -hmm. do that, like it's it's the actual absolute load is still very high. Like is there ever like Trevor or Joe, like is there ever like do you have to manage fatigue with these people uh, if you've ever worked with those type of people? Trevor, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, yeah. You one thing, the, the first thing you generally do is you just make them stop doing the competition you make them stop squatting right. mm -hmm. and bench pressing for a while um because they are just so strong and you can generally throw them on a machine and because they're just generally not as efficient that can manage fatigue for a while but eventually it still catches up and yeah they're just so strong that fatigue management becomes a different ball game for someone like that than it is right. for just somebody who's you know if you're you know, squatting 315 for 10 versus if you're squatting, you know, 495 for 10. And everything going up from there is just more and more that you're having to put into managing the fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and absolutely, absolutely. That's like, I share the same sentiment, you know, like I, especially if, because so, I don't, I don't coach many, many bodybuilders. Uh, I'm more right. just like, power lifters and people, people, people who want to be big and strong, but don't really have aspirations of competing. They're just like, they want to be the guys who are like power builders, you know, as right. dumb of a term that is, it's just the guys that like being strong, but also want to look good. 
Right. But that that's exactly it. It's like you, if someone is going from like a, let's say if someone is going from a, like from a powerlifting prep, who's like already strong, but then they're like, okay, now I want to pivot. And like, I don't even care about powerlifting for the next year. I just want to put tissue on. Yeah. It's literally like you will have to get them away from the stuff that they're good at, get them away from the stuff that they've learned how to be efficient at. Cause it's not even, it's not even that the fact, the fact that they're strong, it's the fact that they've learned how to be like biomechanics their way through positions because right. that it's, it's their sport. It's what they compete in. So even if it's like, Hey, think about your quads when you're doing, when you're squatting, it's so, so impossible to like get a, get a power lifter who's done a million reps focused on just moving the weight up and down to really just isolate the quads and think about that. So get them away from the main movements and then apply like, so we talked about like variations and like breaking the movements into like partial positions, like one and a half reps and, and things, things like that. Apply that same principle. At least this is what I do. I, I apply the same level of variation uh, to machines because it's, it's a, it's a state, it's like a stable environment versus a compound lift, which is much more like uh, coordination demanding and whatnot. And it's like, okay, if somebody who's, who's very like me, me, for instance, or like someone or just anybody, but someone who's like good at squatting, it's like, okay, you're good at squatting. Let's get you away from a squat. Let's put you on a hack squat, put your stance really, really close together and then say three count eccentric explosive concentric but pause in the middle and then descend back into the hole and come back up for like one and a half reps do do three sets of 10 and then the person is like okay three sets of 10 and they're like wait a minute that's like one and a half reps so that's like you know we do like three sets of 15 or something like that with all with eccentrics and it's like yep yes i do yeah they're like what weight do you want me to use and i'm like not a lot because you're gonna fucking die so (laughs) So, so get them away from their, their, you know, movements they're proficient in, mm-hmm. get them doing some of these other variations and, and probably you need to cue them differently too, because they're used to yeah. powerlifting yeah. cues, right? We need to get them to like more, uh, make it actually more difficult on the target muscle cues, right? Mm-hmm. Like powerlifting is like get to A to B versus like bodybuilding is like stay in the muscle the whole time kind of yep. deal, right? hundred yeah. percent. Less efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, Joe, well, uh, we're going to get you out of here, but just one last thing I wanted to leave with, uh, you have live, learn, pass on, on your forum, if, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that really mean? And, and why did, why did you get that tattooed on your forum? Well, it's actually, I used to work, I used to work with, uh, elite FTS, uh, elite fitness training systems, which is a, an educational and equipment, uh, producing company out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, owned by Dave Tate, got a lot of love for Dave still. I'm not affiliated with him anymore just because I've moved on to do my own stuff. But I, I got, that's their motto. And I got that uh, tattooed on my, on my left forearm in 2017, 2018, uh, because I am a big, j- just like what I said at the, po- at the beginning of the podcast, like my dad, my dad, and I, lo- I love my dad. Like he's, he's my best friend. He and I have like gone through a lot of stuff together. Cause I mentioned poverty and struggles and stuff like that guy's been by my side through, through all of it. And he's really been one of the best role models in my life because he always kind of instilled in me, like, if you have the capacity to do, to do good or to be good or to like put good out or put love out into the world, 
you also have the obligation to do it. It's not a choice at that point. Like the whole, the whole adage of like, if not you, then who type thing. And when I saw live, learn, pass on from elite FTS, I really, really resonated with that because it's, we live our experiences. We, we learn from them and we, we continue to move on through life. But the only way that we can actually make a leg, like make a real legacy and make a real impact on the world isn't through the stuff that we do. It's the stuff that we give back to the people that are coming after us. And that's the pass on part. That's why I'm very, I'm big on, big on coaching, big on education. I'm big on like free content and whatnot. There are a lot of people that like will put up paywalls or like do the whole thing. We're like, Hey, I can't, like, yeah, I got to charge for this, blah, blah, blah. And believe me, I, I make a living off of this. So it's like within reason, but I'm really, really big on just giving back and like being this, this is like Dylan, you said it when, when you started, you were like, you got good vibes for me and I'm a good dude and whatever. And I, I appreciate it. I don't want to like assume or put words in anybody else's mouth, but like, that's what I want to lead. with. That's part of the pass on part. Like every interaction everything that I give to the world, to, to somebody out there, I want it to be positive. I want people to remember me not, not for, oh shit, Joe had a really great squat. Like when, when at my funeral, I don't want people talking about my weightlifting. I want people to talk, talk about like what I gave them, what I, what I left behind and how, how much better I made their lives, their experience or how good I could put, uh, or how much good I could put out into the world. And I actually have, uh always tattooed on this arm i'm for this is an audio medium i know it's visual also but i have i'm showing always on my right forearm uh because that's tied into the live learn pass on thing this is this one's my own thing that was of my own creation but it's it's it just kind of furthers the point that like to live learn and pass on and most importantly pass on that's not it's not always the most easy it's easy to get jaded it's easy to become disillusioned it's easy to see how many people like buy into the most ridiculous shit or like default to the negativity and, and the hatred and the, the the scarcity mindset where it's like I, I like i got i'm gonna get mine and fuck you if you try to like get yours because if you win you're taken from me right and it I, it's really more about the the abundance side of things where it's like if if you win i win we win together. Rising, a rising tide raises all ships. And even though it's difficult sometimes, we always are, uh, we're always presented with the opportunity to make our choice and choose to live, learn, and pass on and to do the right thing and to do good and to have conversations like this and hopefully lead by example and be cool fucking guys that also like to lift weights and get huge and get high and shit like that. So. <laughs> Well, I will tell you that my only purpose in life is to just get as jacked as possible and fuck everybody else. <laughs> that, that's it. That's it. <laughs> no, that's great. I think that's a great way to to leave out this podcast. And and Joe, if 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 you, uh, I, I know you do offer some coaching. You have some other services. Please plug away. Yep, yep, I do. Um, all of oops, I just got hit with low battery. I don't know if I went away. I don't know if you guys could still still see me. Um, you're good. You're but good. but perfect time for plugging. Uh. But no, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm a coach. I, I, like I said, I, 
I coach powerlifters, guys that just want to get big and strong and have fun. And I, I do consultations too, because I also have found a knack for just talking through some issues with people uh, when it comes to either uh, mentality or their approach to training or just kicking ideas around. Uh, so if you want to reach me, feel free to hit me up on any of my socials. I'm primarily on uh, Instagram. It's Joe Sullivan underscore AOD. My DMs are always open. They're fucking busy like crazy, but you can always get a hold of me. I also uh, book calls through my link tree and all that stuff. And if you are interested in coaching or jo joining my free discord, uh, hit me up on my website. It's the AOD collective.com. AOD stands for adapt or die because that's, that's also the motto. It's we either, we either change and get better and grow or we stagnate and we don't fucking go anywhere. So Website, Instagram, find me, talk to Dylan, bother him, tell him to get a hold of me so I can get a hold of you. Doesn't matter. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. Cool. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. I'm glad to see that you made it this far. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Don't forget to leave a review on your favorite listening platform. Check out Joe's links below as he does offer powerlifting coaching and calls. And if you're interested in bodybuilding coaching, please follow my link in the description to book a consultation. Thank you all for listening.